The Reinvent You podcast is designed to provide tangible advice that will help transform those who have experienced a divorce or a breakup into rediscovering their voice, regaining their power, and obtaining their freedom by focusing on mindset, emotions, finances, health, faith, love, parenting, and building meaningful relationships. These weekly talks are designed to assist individuals to become the best version of themselves in their personal lives, families, and professional environment. I'm your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reinvent You podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you so much for joining and tuning in with me this week. So let's talk confidence today. Okay, I want to talk about reconnecting back to your confidence, because when relationships come to an end, whether that be a breakup or even a divorce, one of the most challenging parts is the impact that it can play on your self-confidence from feeling rejected to even feeling insecure or maybe even unattractive about yourself from even self-blame as to why this relationship ended to even asking yourself questions such as, why did why did this happen? Only to come up with self-destructive answers that can make you feel even worse about yourself. And when this is constantly the norm, so like when you're constantly in this energy of rejection or insecurity and self-blame, you begin to feel stuck in your grief process where you have difficulty seeing beyond where you are where you find yourself questioning your enoughness, whether you find yourself experiencing higher levels of distress to even where you feel self-criticized so much that all you do and all you can think about are perceived inadequacies about yourself. And over time, this creates depression. Over time, it creates lack of trust within yourself. Over time, it becomes a deep-rooted belief that you are unworthy to even attempt it to earn someone's love and acceptance to feel validated. So the bottom line is this, when relationships end, your confidence has the impact of being compromised and you can be the most naturally confident person. I think this is the part where people get the misconception that confidence is either you have it or you don't, but that's not necessarily true. You can be the most naturally confident person. You can be one of the most resilient, independent individuals. You can be one of the most amazing and attractive person in the room. It's even being one of the most successful people at your job or even your business. So, you know, when it comes to something devastating, such as a breakup or divorce, no one is exempt from experiencing a level of not feeling confident Okay, but what we don't want to do is let this linger on and kind of be an energy that you literally live in longer than what you should be. Okay, and so what I wanted to do today, I wanted to bring on a guest that I've known for, I would say, how long? About five, six years, give or take. Um, We met around, I want to say 2016, maybe. I could be wrong, but anyway, I've been knowing. That's the point. I've been knowing her for a while. Um, we've been in some, uh, we've been in a uh, personal development community a while back and that's how I ran into her. And one of the things that I love about her is her voice, her words, her vocabulary words are very empowering. 
And she is a confidence coach. She is known as the confidence queen. Okay. (laughs) And so I'm welcoming destiny inspired today. Destiny is a (laughs) destiny is a certified master life coach for women life and confidence coach for women. Um, And she works with women who are in entrepreneurship. She helps them increase their confidence, their clarity and income, okay? While staying in alignment with their calling. And so without further ado, Destiny, thank you. I appreciate you joining. I appreciate you inviting me. It's been a long time. We've been doing it for years and years. So it's been an honor to watch you keep doing what you're doing and changing the lives of women. And so I'm excited to be here. Likewise, I know when we met, um, we was in a personal development community together. We were both um, in doing our own thing, um, speaking and coaching. And one of the things that I know that we we shared was that we had both went through a divorce. And I know that for you, that was something that you went through. And it's been a while. But um, I know that what I wanted to do today was really talk about reconnecting to that part of your confidence, because what I've seen you've done over the years was just evolve more and more. And I mean, your confidence, in my opinion, has always been there, but I think it's also elevated a lot as well. And so um, I kind of want to go back to even just some of your personal story of your divorce and, and what that was like for you. Yeah. So it, it definitely has taken such a turn over the years. And like you said, I've, I had that sense of confidence, but nothing compared to where I am now and who I am today. And even sure a year from now will be nothing from where I am right now. But yeah, so my personal journey of going through a divorce, I met my then ex-husband, I was 19 years old, uh, very young in hindsight. I've always been what they call an old soul, but at the same time at 19, you don't really know who you are in that sense. At least you think you do. And so I was uh, raised in the church, PK. So always, you know, was always at church, always like the good girl, always, you know, just whatever you say, like I was very, very submissive by nature in general, but again, didn't really know my identity. I knew who my parents had raised me to be, which they did a phenomenal job. I knew who the church told me that I should be, and they had great value systems as well, but I never really identified who I was and what I really wanted. And so it was almost always like an approval thing. Always want to make sure you're doing the right thing, making everybody happy, uh, being approved. And I recently come out of a, a committed relationship at such a young age already that I've been in for a few years at that point uh, with someone that I thought that I was going to marry. And so by this time, this was only the second person that I'd ever had a real relationship with. Uh, most of my high school years, I was very focused on school. So when I came into a marriage and a relationship, we were always taught, you know, you just be a good wife. We're in the South, you know, you cook, clean, be a good wife for, to a good man, settle down, you know, make some babies. So there was no real defining um, objective to it. It was really just, this is what you do, right? You love that person. Right. They love you. It works out. You both have a, you have a shared faith. You're equally yoked, right? But <laughs> That right. little did I know that the equally yoke that is taught in the context that I had was not necessarily the totality of it. So I ran into just so many different problems because I began to learn myself. I began to grow, evolve, have goals, dreams, ideas, a voice, right? 
I had a voice, which previously I, I really didn't. I, I was always a people pleaser, go with the flow, whatever you say, that's fine. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And so it, it became a lot of friction. I began feeling very uncomfortable. I realized that the person was very, a little more controlling than what I thought they were initially. So that played a big part. And I really just began to, I say I lost myself, but in hindsight, I realized I never really knew myself. I never mm. truly knew myself. I knew a version of myself. But again, who you are at 19 years old, it's not who you're going to be at 23, 24 in a marriage. And so just that whole process of trying to figure out like what, who am I? What's going on here? Like, is this the way life is supposed to be? I'm like, this don't look nothing like my parents' marriage. So that was another thing. Identifying that marriage looks different for everybody. And whether you're in the same social construct or not, you got to establish your own ideas, your own standards, your own values. And so to make a long story short, uh, we ended up divorcing and I still didn't really understand it. Right. There was no like right. defining incident that happened or no, you know, well, this happened. So it caused a, a, a dissolving of the marriage. So I was so confused. Again, I'm a PK. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to tell anybody. I kept it a secret for months for a really long time, I still wore a wedding ring for two months and was completely divorced because I had not yet faced how this could happen to me. The fairy wow. tale wedding, the church girl, the PK, the people coming to me for advice, the on this pedestal of, you know, the, the poster child for, for, for church and the poster child for, you know, just doing it the right way. So it was, it was so embarrassing. It definitely weighed on my confidence because I, I constantly now went back and forth with, am I just not enough? Am I not working through something? Am I not, you know, am I not worth sticking it out for? Like, is there something about me that doesn't make me valuable enough for somebody to want to be with me, to want to keep their vows to me? Because before then, I, you know, I thought I was, yeah, I was a pretty cute girl. So, you know, I ain't never really <laughs> felt like I had a problem in that area. So for right. someone to decide that, you know, they don't want to be with you anymore, like that was hard. Mm -hmm. And so that took a horrible impact on not only my self-confidence, but what many people don't address is my self-esteem as well. Mm, yeah, that was good. I told you, J Destiny just come in. Like, <laughs> I don't even have to say nothing. Just Destiny go in. She, I, 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 I me love back. her. <laughs> no, uh -uh. I, I'm not the one for it. I want all of it because I, I love the way... Um, you, you you painted that picture. How long were you all married? Uh, we were married five years. Mm, five years. And so you said that it impacted your self-confidence and your self-esteem. Um, what were some of the things that it that it that it did to you internally? Yeah. So in hindsight, I now understand the difference with the self-confidence and the self-esteem. So when it comes to confidence, it comes from the Latin fidere, which means to trust. I mean, you trust in your abilities, you trust in your skills, you trust yourself. Self-esteem, right. esteem comes from the Latin estimare, which means to rate, to weigh, to value, right? So that has to do with your overall sense of worthiness, how worthy you feel you are. So the two don't always measure up. Sometimes you can still have a bit of confidence, but low self-esteem. You can have high self-esteem, but low confidence. So for me, it was both in the sense of, again, I question my worthiness. I don't feel like I'm worth it. I, my internal value is not enough. So I could still show up on the outside hair. You know, I had the long hair, the cute outfits, the beat face of makeup. Like I could show up looking confident because that's more, it's more external. You can see that. If I walk in a room with my head up, chest out, I walk good. Like you assume she's, she's very confident. So I had that outward confidence. But on the inside, I didn't trust myself. 
I didn't trust my decision making. I didn't trust my abilities. I didn't trust my skills. I just didn't trust me. And then even the self-esteem, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel good enough. So because my value system of myself dropped, I started making decisions that weren't in alignment with who I really was. So because I felt like I wasn't worthy, I wasn't valuable, I wasn't desired, I wasn't loved, I fell into a really horrible depression and I began to self-medicate. Because again, Mm -hmm. people are looking at you that you're supposed to have it together. Like I was leading, but still bleeding at the same time. I'm operating in the church. I'm over, I'm on all these auxiliaries and leading people, you know, being this person, but on the inside, I'm bleeding. And I always say internal bleeding is the worst kind of bleeding because you can't see it happening. At least if you see me bleeding on the outside, if you see myself, see myself confidence low on the outside, you can come help me. You can say, hey, are you okay? Is something wrong? But when it's internal and I'm, I'm hiding that, you can't see that. And so that's more detrimental because you don't get help. So the help I did, I started self-medicating. I started drinking. I got into drinking a lot. And you would never know it because I still came so well put together. But because I felt so worthless, I felt so unloved and unvaluable. I felt like this is the best I can do. This is all I'm worth. So the decisions I started making became in alignment with how I saw myself. And as humans, our biggest thing is to be be consistent with who we who we say that we are. If we say this is who we are, we try to do everything in alignment with that. That's how we end up with internal conflicts. That's how mm-hmm. we end up torn and out of alignment because we're acting, doing, or saying something that doesn't match up with who we believe we are. So even though I was doing these things, I started going out into nightlife. I started drinking. I, I felt so disconnected because I'm like, oh, this it doesn't feel right, but it feels right. I right. felt like any type of pain to numb the pain that I'm feeling internally, let's go for it. And so mm. that's how my self-confidence and my self-worth began to really crash in on myself. And I started making decisions that lined up more so with how I saw myself in that season of my life, which right. is unloved, unworthy, unvaluable. And I don't, I don't trust myself to make the right decisions now. No, that's good because that's that internal dialogue. That's that self-destructive mm-hmm. behavior. And you constantly yeah. replay that. You start making that an affirmation over your life and you start moving in that direction. I love that. So here you are about maybe what, 24 mm-hmm. at this point, um, newly divorced. And now it's about, okay, what's next? Because I think this is the most important part because I love how you, you mentioned that, okay, I'm divorced, but I'm still unsure because I think sometimes there's this misconception that once papers are signed or once relationships are dissolved, you're just going to ride into the sunset as if like nothing happened. And that's what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. Right. But the reality is, is that a lot of the time times is isn't. So at this point, um, how, you know, what were some of the tangible things that you had to do to will yourself back in, right. To say, okay, this isn't really what I want to do, even though, it might be something I'm thinking I, I'm doing because of what I'm thinking. I know this isn't in alignment with who and whose I am. So how do we get back into reconnecting to our confidence and, and rebuilding that, that self-esteem? Yeah. So one thing I had to do, which I share with my queens that I coach, I use, I use the S3 method. Now I know that's what I call it. At the time, I didn't know that's what it was. So the S3 is I had to self-assess, self-reflect, and self-correct. So I break that down. Self-assess almost like when you're in school and they give you an assessment to see where are you at right now? What? Let's mm-hmm. see what you're struggling with based on this assessment. So I'd take an assessment of, my, of myself and say, all right, Des, 
what's the problem? Like, what's the real issue, right? You crying, you depressed, you sad, you don't feel, but what's, what's the real issue now? What are you dealing with in your life? Because a lot mm-hmm. of times we try to answer questions and we don't even know what the problem is yet, right? Well, mm-hmm. I was going to raise our hand. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even tell you what the problem was, but we, we think we got the answers. So before I could just jump into trying to solve it, I had taken an assessment of myself in that season mm-hmm. of my life. Destiny, where are you at right now? What are you struggling with? Like, what, what are you feeling right now? And a lot of times we don't sit with ourselves long enough to ask ourselves these hard questions. A part of coaching is, as you know, like, I don't, I can't give you the answers as a coach. I create a safe space for you to come in and fill that space. And then I ask you difficult questions that allows you to discover the answers on the inside of you. So no one could give me the answers for my assessment. I had to dig deep within myself and ask myself questions. Starting with, Destiny, who are you? So the problem is you don't know who you are, your identity. Okay, who, who are you? Right. Who do you who do you if you don't know who you are right now, who do you desire to be? Who is the woman of your dreams? Because Mm. up until now, your entire life has been made up of the woman of everybody else's dreams. The woman Mm. of the church's dreams, your parents dreams, your husband's dreams, your lover's dreams, the the woman of their dreams. But now who who's a woman of your dreams? Who do you want to be when you close your eyes and picture yourself? What does she look like? What does she like to do? Who does she what does she love? So I do Mm. the self-assessment. Then I had to self-reflect. Okay, now that we've identified what the problems and issues are, what's the earliest you can remember feeling like this? Like, when did you notice yourself changing? When did you notice your confidence and self-esteem? Like, when did you notice the relationship going that way? Because things don't just pop up overnight. There was a, a certain progression that maybe you didn't notice. So what is it about yourself? When did you start noticing you started losing pieces of your identity? When did you start noticing that this didn't feel right? When did you start, like, when? Take me take me back because before we can go forward, we have to uh, therapy is more so dealing with the past and healing from that. But even in coaching, we have to at least take a look to know where we're going. So look back and see what 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 is the reflection of this? Right. And then the self-correction. Now, the self-correction is different from self-medicating. I was self-medicating. I'm talking about self-correction. And people say, well, you can't self-correct. It starts with you because you have to make the decision. That's why I say self-correction. No one can come and make you. You have to decide, okay, I want to be better. I want to be different. I want to I want to grow. I want to evolve. So now that I've decided to self-correct, what is the next course of action for me to do? Is that therapy? Is that coaching? Is that a community of and back then I wasn't really into therapy. Like I didn't it was it was a new it was novel to me in my culture. So like we didn't that wasn't even an option. Like you don't do that. You don't right. you have to go tell strangers your business. So now mm-hmm. what's the next best course of action? Do you need community? Do you need do you need safe spaces, right? Do you what kind of help do you need, right? When that that includes the things like the affirmations and and rearranging your negative self-talk that includes visualization and 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 picturing that that future that you want that includes making one small step every day right what's one decision how can you get one percent better they talk about the atomic habits what's one thing you can do to get one percent better every day but it really came at the core It, it started with self and as women, we don't like, we, we're scared to hear that because we've always made to feel that's vain. You know, we don't focus on ourselves. It's about everybody else, right? We don't, it's nothing, it's not me. No, put everyone first, make sure everyone's taken care of. So whenever we talk about self, it's like, I don't want to seem like I'm being selfish. But sometimes you have to be selfish to be selfless, right? Because being too selfless had me pouring out more than what I was getting in. So now when I'm in a season of my life where I'm stuck, I poured out to everybody so I've let you drink from my cup and now I have nothing left. So I say, now I have to lie to drink from my saucer as my cup runs over because what's in the cup I need for myself. So that that really was the foundation of how, of how I started. 
I had to also get out of isolation because I'm one that I'm, I'm good with isolating myself. Sometimes you need separation, but I was isolation, right? I had to stop being so isolated and being afraid to let people in. Like, what will they think about me? Like, they're going to judge me. I can't, you know, I don't want to be accepted, which is the reason why I kept wearing my rings. I'm like, if I show up to these people and they see me without a ring on, like, I already know, like, I'm not ready for, I'm not ready for what that's going to feel like. Because in a certain season, when I wasn't wearing a ring due to unforeseen circumstances within the marriage, I, I felt that pressure and I felt the, the condemnation and the pain. And I was like, I'm not ready to feel that again. I'm too mentally and emotionally unstable to be able to face that. So I'd rather just show up to work, show up to church, wear my ring until I can deal with this. But even that took coaching. I had a life coach at that time, which I didn't know that's what it was called, but had a life coach that helped me work through that process of finally just taking my ring off. Like that mm. was a whole, just taking the ring off. Wow. But um, Yeah. Those are some tangible steps that I literally had to take to sit with myself and start discovering me again, to start reconnecting. But it's a self-awareness mm. piece. Yeah, it is. And I and I you you said so much. Oh my goodness. And um, I mean, just to take the ring off. You said you had to hire a life coach to just really even get to that point of taking the ring off because of what it symbolized of not having it on. Mm -hmm. Wow. It felt like failure. It felt like failure, yeah. defeat, nothingness. Like it, maybe it, even feeling like failing God, right? Because when, when you're a PK, because I'm a PK too, and that comes with the territory of perfection, right? And and feeling like yeah. you're always supposed to have it together. I, I get it. Wow. And it was so bad because, you know, where the social construct I come from in my faith, we didn't believe in marriage. So even when it looked like it was going down that path, and even when that's probably a decision that I should have considered for myself, I was like, never, like, I would never do that. I could, we don't do that. Like, that's not a thing. So I was willing to stay there and continue to suffer in silence because I didn't believe it aligned with my faith. I felt like I would be failing God. I felt like it was sin. So I'm like, I would never do it. I like to this day, I would have never filed for divorce for myself. Never. Even as horrible as it would have gotten out in my mind, because my, our, our, again, we act in consistency with who we say we really are. So my subconscious program and my faith said that this is sin. So no matter how much I wanted to do it, it didn't align with my true core belief. And that's the reason why a lot of times our affirmations are not effective, because what we're saying is not in alignment with who we are and who we think we are. So there's mm -hmm. even research that shows a group of people. One group, they said the affirmation because they had somewhat of a, a open belief that it's possible. Right. It's, it's who I could be. Versus the other group, they had no belief in that. Like, so to them, it was a complete lie. So they ended up feeling worse than what they felt before the research began because they felt like it was lies. And so the problem is affirmations is a conscious action. When I am speaking affirmations, I'm consciously saying them. I'm aware of everything that I am saying. But the issue is a subconscious issue. The issue mm -hmm. is a belief system in the back of our minds that we have not addressed yet. So when I say something, that doesn't match what I'm thinking. I'm doing things in cognitive dissonance because that's not who I am. And our brain is designed to keep us safe. So no yeah, matter absolutely. what you were saying, yeah, no matter what you were saying, your brain is saying, uh-uh, she don't really believe that. So there's no mm -hmm. way we can let it happen. Right. So that's why the affirmation where we have to address the subconscious belief system, the limiting belief. Why do I really feel like this? Maybe you've been in a relationship and you, were, you got a divorce and in the back of your mind, you still feel like you're not beautiful. Maybe that's how you were made to feel what you were told constantly. That's now in your subconscious belief system. That's part of your core belief about yourself. So no matter how much you look in the mirror saying, I am beautiful, I am beautiful. A part of you is like, that is not true. You are lying right. to yourself. So it, it, doesn't, it doesn't help. 
And so what I even tell women to do, you got to practice using transitional statements, right? Maybe I don't feel strong today. So maybe me saying I am strong actually is a lie to me and it makes it feel worse. But what if I said something like I am getting stronger every day? See, that Whole I different language, right? Yep. It, it, the language. So it now conditions my mind to say, OK, she does believe that she can get stronger every day. So let me work with that until I can fully comfortably say I am beautiful. I am. I am loved. I am strong. Mm. Mm. I love that. I'm telling you, Destiny be on 10. Let me tell y'all, when she get going, that is it. She's all, I've always <laughs> known her to be like that. And I love every bit of it. And I like that because I think that's so true. And this is why the affirmations, it, it can be powerful, but it can also not be, right? So, I mean, just changing those one or two words to really, um, really, um, yeah, you believe do correctly. in yeah. those right because you know that's why I never did them in the beginning I'm like I don't believe that but then like you no seriously like yeah, I mean real. that's that's real like at first you're like no nah, I really don't really believe it and so this is why we we don't really um I guess I would say manifest um what what we really want right so I, I love that oh my goodness so um self-assessment self-reflection and self-correction and the correction piece. You said you end up getting a life coach. Um, what made you step into that direction of actually getting the outside help? Because here's the thing about being that person who has it all together. They don't like to ask for help either in most cases or in some cases. Um, what made you say, okay, I need someone else to help me outside of myself. Because I realized where I was, I, I couldn't trust the people I was with to be vulnerable enough with them. But I also mm. realized that the path I was headed down was literally destruction, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I'm like, I can't. Again, I was I was in that cognitive dissonance because I'm saying I'm this person, but I'm acting like this person. So now I have internal war. And there's a part of you, no matter how far away you try to go, there's something in you that reminds you, this is not who you are. This is not how it's supposed to be. Right. And so that that part of me, that seed that remained inside me, that voice was like, Des, you got to you got to get it together. Des, you can't live like this. This not you like this. Ain't, this isn't who you are. You've never been this person. You're not supposed to be this person. And so I realized I can't find it here. Right. No, no, no slights against them. But sometimes when you're the strong person, who can the strong go to for strength? It's hard Absolutely. to go to the people that you're strengthening for strength all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so and, I, and now I teach women, be around people who you can be strong and weak with, that you can show your vulnerabilities with. But in that season yeah. of my life, I didn't have that. So I realized you're going to have to figure something out. So I needed, I needed an outside voice. I need someone on the outside that can look in and see me in my totality with no preconceived notions, no, oh, you're such and such daughter, you're such and such uh, wife, or you're such and such. I need someone to just see me. I, I needed to feel seen. I needed to feel heard at a, at a deeper level, not a surface level, not a, oh, well, you're this person. So I needed a, a completely outside third party to just look in and say, okay, I, I got you. Don't worry about it. I don't expect you to be this. I don't look at you to be that. Let's just start where we are and work from here. Mm. Oh, man. I love that. And so what has this birth just by doing that? Because um, here you are, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're an author, you have your own membership community. Like this is the power of really reconnecting to that confidence piece, because I'm sure that has allowed you to see so much for yourself than probably 
maybe what you didn't see before. And so my question to you is what has that, what has that birth for you now? Um, what has doing or making those, um, doing those the self, I always forget it, the S3 method. Let me just go to the S3 method. So what made, so by applying the S3 method, what has that birth for you now in reference to your life? Um, it's just your overall well-being. Yeah, before I break it down, I'll give it in one word. The Japanese use a term called ikigai. And ikigai is almost equivalent of what we call purpose, except in their culture, it's said to even expand your life expectancy because it's one's reason for being. They just yeah. describe ikigai as one's reason for being. So my reason for being was birthed out of that. The, the pain, the misunderstanding, the loss of identity, the lack of confidence, it birthed a reason for being. It, it, it now gave me a reason not to just wake up every day, go to work, go through the motions, show up. Like it gave me a purpose. And when we say purpose, and I love how you said, like, I, I speak, I coach, I author, I do all of these things. Those are all the modalities and the expressions. They're the vehicles of my purpose. And a lot of times, even as women, that's how sometimes we get in that rut because we make up our purpose is to be a wife. Our purpose is to be a business owner. Our purpose is to be this. Those are just the vehicles. Because if my purpose was just to, well, this whole situation was your purpose was now to be a speaker. A speaker is an, that's an activity because God forbid something happened to my voice and my voice was taken away. Does that now mean I cease to have purpose because my Absolutely. purpose was tied to what I did and not who I was, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the vehicles and it gave me purpose. It gave me a reason for being. And with that reason of being, I can create the different modalities of reaching people. My reason for being is to impact women specifically, but to help them become who they're designed and called to be in this world in order to serve their world. And so that's expressed with creating courses, with creating membership programs, communities, events, books. So it allows me to reach that woman who I was because I made a vow to God in one of those lowest seasons of my life. I found myself balled up and I've told the story for balled up in a fetal position under a desk at um, where I was one of the places I was working at in ministry in the office and just rocking back and forth, literally having anxiety, what I know now to be an anxiety attack or a panic attack, really losing my mind. And I remember making a vow to God and a promise. I said, I promise if you help me get out of this, if you help me through this, I promise to be to other women everything that I need for myself right now. So it, it birthed a reason for me to show up every day, a reason for me when I don't want to show up, when I don't want to be on camera, when I don't want to go out there and change the world. It's, it's almost like I'm compelled to, like, I can't, right. I always say, I ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to be quiet. But something on the inside of me burns up because it's like, uh-uh, you made a vow. And it's like, these people need you. You're necessary in this world. First for yourself, but now for the other women, who are you? Because their ending might not end like yours if you don't show up and do what you've been called to do. So it gave me purpose. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love the fact that you said vehicles. I love the fact that you're not tying your labels as to who you really are. That is so important. Um, I think that's one of many reasons when people leave marriages and relationships, they have no sense of identity because of feeling like everything was wrapped up into that particular marriage or even that particular relationship. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I, I love that. Um, I know you have a, you have a membership community um, called, what, what is the name of it? Um, so the one I have now is called Queendom Academy. <laughs> Queendom Academy. Okay. And so what is Queendom Academy? 
Uh, Queen Academy is a monthly membership where I provide numerous courses every month, whether it's on imposter syndrome, getting over roadblocks or barriers. I give you resources, uh, workbooks, PDFs, and you literally can help self-coach yourself through whatever season of life that you're in and your personal development, professional development as you grow. But then also we come together and meet once a month and really have Q&As. We ask questions, we share, we, we come together as women and just have that I always call, I create sacred safe spaces of sisterhood. So more than anything, it gives you somewhere to feel like you're not alone. It's not just you. And there are other like-minded women who are growing on the journey, just like you are. Right. And not just feeling like you're an island and you, you're by yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I get that. I truly get that. Oh man, Destiny, you just, I don't have no more questions for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, you answer so much within that particular time, but no, I would, I can ask you a whole bunch. I can talk to you all day. I love when Destiny kind of dives deep into confidence because I think sometimes people feel like you either have it or you don't, yes. or it's only for certain people of certain looks or certain status. And I just really want to kind of um, wipe that misconception because, you know, like you said before, you, you looked apart from an external point of view, but then there was a lot of internal battles that you were having within yourself. And so I want to kind of ask you this question because one, you know, when women are listening to this, they're not where you are as far as where your confidence is, but have the desire to be okay. They're just probably signing the papers or probably just ended the relationship, or it may have, may have been a while and still, battle with that. I mean, this is a real thing. So what is, and I I know we talked about the S3 method, right? But let's just say the very first step with just getting out of that self-destructive behavior, those self-destructive thoughts, what is the very first tangible thing that they can do at this present moment? I would tell them to take out a piece of paper and notepad You can use your phone, but I prefer something physical that you can feel the energy going from your hands to the paper. And I would tell them to write out a list of who they want to be. So right Mm -hmm. now they may be depressed or they may identify themselves as depressed, as as unloved. But I want you to write out who do you want to be, right? Because it's something about the brain and our mind. Whenever you're asked a question, like, or if you're not confident, people say, pretend you're your favorite celebrity, right? They say, pretend you're your favorite icon. And the brain literally wires itself and brain activity starts going crazy in the mind. The only other question that's asked that stimulates that same type of response is when you ask the question, who is your future self? Who would your future self be? Because it's something about when we see our future self, we see them in that light, a celebrity. We see them as someone amazing, someone powerful, right? So instead of you pretending to be someone else, I want you to write out, who do I want to be? Who does she look like to you? Like, how does she feel? So then it, it's hard to be able to focus on the negative aspects of who you're not if you're writing out all the amazing things about yourself, right? So even if it's the amazing things right now, but if you can't think of the amazing things right now, even though you know they're there, think about the amazing woman that you want to be. And just start writing her out, visualizing her. And something on the inside of you is going to change mentally, emotionally. And then now write a letter to yourself. I always say, mm-hmm. write, write that letter to yourself now and tell yourself what you need to hear. And sometimes it may start off with some things that aren't so happy, but that's fine. Write it out and talk to yourself and then start 
Start telling yourself the things that you want to do, the things who you are. Tell yourself that you're loved. And it may not be the current woman. It, again, it may be that future woman. But I always say, if you can see it with your eyes closed, then you can see it with your eyes open, right? It's just like visualization. So that's like one, just one physical step I would have you do. Because what you're going to do is, the psychology behind it is, you're now, what you're writing, you're now creating an emotion that's attached to that. Every mm -hmm. memory that we have is tied to an emotion. So when the memory mm -hmm. comes, the emotion comes. So if I can get you to change your state change your emotional state and your mental state by writing out things that you love about yourself, things that you want to be about yourself, you're now going to attach a good and positive emotion to that. And that's going to begin to change your physiology, change your mental state. And on the outside, we think it's just, oh, you'll feel better. No, you literally, you're literally training yourself because you're associating positivity. You're associating something that releases the endorphins in your body to make you feel better. And you start doing that, keep doing that repetitively until you can work your way up to them, them being actual affirmations that you believe and that you see about yourself. Mm, no, that's good. Just writing something down, just mm -hmm. getting a piece of paper, getting a pen getting and just writing out. down. We bottled up. Know, it's so bottled up. Right. And it does shift mm -hmm. the brain. I mean, it does. And I, I love that. How does one maintain that at that point? Because let's talk about the maintaining piece because life happens, Right. I would always tell my clients, I would lie to y'all and, and tell y'all that nothing else will happen. You can get in another relationship and it doesn't work out. I mean, that's just a possibility, right? Because life is risky. The choices we make are risky. Everything is risky. But then maintaining it, right? Getting back to, um, you know, that confidence and not reverting back to things such as self-medicating or constant self-destructive thoughts that puts us in a in a position where we, we question our existence and our identity. So how does one maintain that? Because I think the maintenance part is probably crucial um, to, um, you know, just continuation of progression on moving forward. Absolutely. That's an amazing question. First, I'd have to let them know that it's not an action that you're taking, right? It's not an right. event. It now has to become a lifestyle. And when you shift your mind to understand it's a lifestyle, not an event. So we think, oh, let me do this and then I'll, I'll be good. And so we forget that once it's done, we have to be able to maintain it. Right. You, you don't just do it once. OK, I'm, I'm cool. Right. You don't just brush your teeth one day and say, OK, cool. All right. It was dirty. I just brushed them today. I'm good. Like you literally have to maintain it, it has to become a lifestyle and part of who you are. And so what that's going to do is going to continue to build up more resilience. So when these things do happen, because life, like you say, it's unpredictable. Life is going to happen. You know, because you've been maintaining, you also are you are more aware of yourself. You're aware of your triggers. You're aware of what you revert to. So I knew that I reverted to alcohol like I, that's a given. I already know something go wrong. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get something to drink and I'm a drink and I'm a drink and I'm a drink and I'm going to numb the pain. So because I'm now self-aware that that is my destructive behavior and pattern, I now have to make a lifestyle of finding an opposite thing. So instead of picking up alcohol, I'm going to go pick up. It ain't going to be water because that's not my thing, but I'm going to go do something that's going to take my mind off of it. So even right now in this season, one of the one of the things in my toolbox that I have to use is music. Right music. So once I know I'm feeling a certain way, I'm either upset, I'm angry, I'm hurt, whatever that is. One of my tools is I cut on music. 
there's different moves of music, but I don't go to my my R&B, Mary J. Blige, you know, tank, baby, please don't go music, right? Love I, me I don't Mary go J. That, right? <laughs> I know, I get it. I understand. That used to be my go-to because right. I'll soak in it. I'll let myself, so I give myself time to feel it because I am a human, I'm a woman. So you got to right. allow yourself to feel and acknowledge that it exists. We don't want to pretend like it's not there. But once you acknowledge it, you got to make a conscious decision. And it's not easy. People say, well, that's, no. it's not easy. I'm going to let you know it's going to be hard as hell. But you got to decide, would I rather just stay and wallow in and let that progress and turn into the other destructive behaviors? Or am I going to make a hard, a harder decision and find something to replace that, right? So for me, I cut on music. I will literally get up and start dancing around or jumping around. Or if I'm somewhere in a place where I can't do it, I'm going to start moving my body. It's hard to be angry. And I'm trying to, you know, it's hard to be angry and move at the same time. So that's my thing, right? You got to find what works for you, but you got to understand it's maintenance, meaning it's a lifestyle now. I don't do it that one time and I'm done. You have to now in those good seasons when nothing is going wrong, start finding things during that season. What are my tools? What are my go-tos? Start finding things during the, when little things go wrong, like, like the car won't start or somebody cut you off in the road, something that's not as major, find those things that allow you to feel better. So now when it builds up to the big situations like a, a breakup or a losing a job, you now have things in your toolbox to say, oh, let me do this instead. Let me try this. So understanding that it's a lifestyle and then finding your tools to put in your toolbox. Like if I cut on music and I start singing some Vito or some Beyonce, it's hard to be angry. It's hard to be hurt, right? And it's not that I'm avoiding it because I acknowledge that it's there, but now I'm changing my state. And I'm now, I'm now re and it's literally research and science behind everything. I'm now retraining my brain. I'm now creating new neural pathways in my mind. So if every time something goes wrong, my go-to has been to get angry, to grab a bottle. When I do something different and I do it consistently, I've retrained the neural pathways in my mind that this is how I feel. Instead of being sad, I actually, I'm like, it's okay. No, let's get through this, right? I'm changing the way I think. And the more you do that, our, our brain is so powerful. It's you're it never is. stuck. You just have to be intentional about changing those neural pathways and creating something different. So finding that go-to that you can do consistently, not as an event, but as a lifestyle. Mm, I love that. The word consistent, mm -hmm. understanding that this is a lifestyle. This is not an event or something you just put on your calendar. This is something, this is a daily lifestyle. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm sure you work with women of all different ages, mm -hmm. right? And one thing I know is that um, you were around 24 when it was more of reinvention for you, which is great, right? But then let's talk to some about some of those women who may be in their 40s or even their 50s, right? It's one of those things where subconsciously we put a period on our lives as opposed to putting a comma where well, I've been in something for, for 20 years. So maybe that's not possible for me. I'm a single mother. Who am I to do this? And, and the reason why this stuff matters is because sometimes we like to feel like my situation is unique destiny. It, you know, you, you was 24, you were young. If I was that age, I would have done that when I'm going to respectfully say you probably wouldn't have sometimes. I know I got my divorce at 29. And I had already wrote myself off. And when I say that wrote myself off, it was more of a life of being on autopilot, right? Where I'm a mother of two. I just got to get a job, raise these kids. Like it was very, very um, limited. I had a limited belief. And so how can we 
Um, what can you say to that woman who has put in, you know, let, let, let's be honest in her forties, right? Which the average woman lives to be 85, 86 years old. But when we write ourselves off like that, we really, um, it actually becomes disrespectful to the life we can create. And so how do you work with those women who have those limited beliefs? Yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing question. Right now, my um, most seasoned mentee is 60 years old. Uh, well, she's wow. turning 60 this year. And I have another one who is 40, who has just went through a divorce, actually. And so mm-hmm. it's one thing that's important to understand. First of all, I always say, if God woke you up this morning, and again, whoever your God is, I'm not here to, de- to decide that for one or another. But if God woke you up this morning, your higher power, your creator, then that means your life is not over. It's almost if you lost a job, you're not going to just say, oh, well, this is that. That's it. I love that job. Life is over because you understand life has to go on. Things have to get done. And you understand that you're capable of getting another one. So even though people are not, we don't treat people like they're, you know, disposable. You have to understand that you are so valuable that at any moment, R3, you can reinvent, redefine and realign your life. So I'm like, if your body gets out of alignment, you go to a chiropractor. And although it may take time because alignment didn't get misaligned in overnight, it's going to take time, but it's still possible. You still mm-hmm. go to physical therapy because you still believe that this, this body can still, it can still work. It can still do what it needs to do, right? So we believe that about other things. You're more valuable than stuff. You're more valuable than a job. You're more valuable than a car. You're more valuable than these things because you're so valuable. You have to believe that and believe that you can reinvent, redefine and realign your life. And so you just have to ask yourself again, what do I now want out of life? Being the seasoned person that I am now in this season of my life, what 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 have I imagined that I could do? What have I imagined before that was possible for me? And you have to learn the difference between connection and attachment, right? Sometimes we we mm. have attachment issues where we get so attached to this is how it has to happen instead of being connected to the overall goal, right? So if you're mm. if if like I use example for the pandemic. Before it happened, my goal was to now travel the world more and reach more women, right? Travel the world and reach more women. Then the pandemic came. If I was so attached to I had to jump on a plane, get flewed out, go down, the, walk down the aisle to my window seat. If I was attached to that, then my business would have failed. My 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 dreams of, of reaching more women would have failed because I would have been stuck and say, I can't go on. It's over. The world is shut down. There's no way I can do that. But I'd reprogram my mind and say, you know, I'm not going to be attached to how it has to happen, but Mm. I'm going to be connected to what has to happen. Mm. So I'm not attached to the how, but I'm connected to the what. The what is I want to reach more women. I want to help more women. So that led to virtual events that led to virtual traveling. And I reached more countries and more people virtually than I ever could have if the world was open that they may not have had the budget to fly me out to Africa, to Nigeria, right? And so even with your life, it doesn't matter how old you are, age is, age is relative, right? The, the founder of Church's Chicken, uh, no, Kentucky Fried Chicken didn't start that till he was way up in age, either his 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. And now look at that empire that's now created a legacy long after he's gone. So really it's your mindset. Either you think you can or you can't. Either way, you're right, right? I don't know if that's Henry Ford. Either you think you can or you think you can't, but either way, you're right. So if you've automatically thought that and thought that nothing else is possible and you can't bounce back, you can't start over, then that's going to be your reality. 
Your words will shape your worlds along with your beliefs. So all I'm asking you to do is just believe that maybe, maybe there is more for me. You may not believe mm. I definitely can start. Maybe you're not there yet. I'm not asking you to be right. there, but I'm asking you to just tell yourself and believe in yourself enough to say, maybe there is something else out there. And that maybe will, will escalate and turn into a definitely. So give me a maybe, give yourself a maybe. You're, you're worth a maybe. And if you can think about a maybe, then that can turn into a definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I love that. Um, any final words that you would like to, to, to share um, that can, can help someone in, that, in this season of their life? Any final words? Uh, my final words would be if you're listening to this right now, then clearly this is not an accident because there, there are no accidents. Everything is purposeful. So the fact that you're listening to this, if you're questioning, but what about me? You're an- you've already answered. It, it is about you. It can happen for you. It is possible for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. You wouldn't be here. So if you are listening to this, your life is not over. You have a purpose. You can get up again. You've got two women that have experienced it and are telling you the same thing. And I know I've coached hundreds of women at this point, and everyone thinks that it's just me. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Every woman saying it's just me. Nobody understands. I've only, only I have experienced this. And yet I've seen breakthroughs after breakthroughs, no particular age, no particular background. So if you're on here, it's possible. You can begin again, reinvent, redefine, and realign your life. And today's podcast, reconnect. <laughs> reconnect <laughs> no, that's your confidence. Mm, uh, I love that. How can people find you, Destiny? Absolutely. So destinyinspired.com. You can go there. It'll give you access to everything that I'm doing. I'm also Destiny Inspire on every social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Clubhouse, if that's still your thing, your jam. Uh, But also I have a woman empowerment app for women. It's the ultimate app for women globally. And it's called Crowned, like a crown, C-R-O-W-N-E-D, Crowned by Destiny Inspire. There you can access uh, more of what I do, blogs, videos, um, prayer requests, prayer calls, anything you can imagine, fitness. So it's the go-to app for women, Crowned by Destiny Inspire. Mm, I love that. I love that. When I tell you, y'all need to listen to this. That connection and attachment is was like mm, that right there. Totally two different things. Oh man, that's why I don't have nothing else to say. It's like this is it. Like this, she done dropped the mic. There's nothing else to say. But no, in all seriousness, I appreciate you coming, Destiny. Thank you. Um, and um, Honor. also I just love what you've been doing. Um. Like, I, seriously, like it's it's so different when you see um, when people first start, whatever it is that they're starting and you just see the growth. And um, I'm just in total. Um, I'm just proud of you just for 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 making that for taking that that leap of faith and just being committed to to your purpose and your calling because you are changing women's lives. I mean, seriously, I mean, just I don't learn something from this. I'm like, shoot connection and attachment that is that's real powerful and I think that really helps people reinvent themselves by realizing that you know just remembering the overall goal and I think that right there is is just powerful in itself and so thank you for uh for being here for bringing me on and thank you for (laughs) being so consistent since I've known you (laughs) 
you have been <laughs> on your movement and you have not backed down. So I appreciate that being able to still see that and being able to know that you are still on your mission and connected to what you have been called to do. I appreciate that. So maybe I had to come correct. I couldn't come half step. I was on Miss Tanya podcast. Yeah. Girl, I had to bring it. I got to no, make I've... sure I do it justice because you've been killing it. You, you're helping. You're changing. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you. And I, and, and thank you for that because I think, and this is just transparency, even to those who are listening, it's times where you, you really get to a point where like, you know what, God, just not today. I'm tired. Right. But you got to connect back to the overall goal. That is something that, and I'm so, and I'm glad you said that because that is the truth, right? Cause life happens even over here, kids, you know, I got teenagers and listen, y'all know if you got teenagers, you already know what it's like. The resistance, that some of the attitude sometimes, sometimes as a mother, I have moments where I don't feel appreciated. Listen, that's real. All of that happens, right? And life still happens. Things can mess up at the house. I got to get it fixed. Just life, right? So I say that um, to, to just be uh, um, somewhat transparent. To, to understand that we we all have things that we're that we're dealing with. But I think um, just giving ourselves that permission to say, you know, maybe, like you said, maybe just start with that so it can turn into a definitely. And I think that right there is, is so, so powerful. And for that, I thank you and um, for, for being here. And I know people are going to probably listen to this 10 or 15 times because I'm going to go back and listen to it myself. And so um that's what I wanted to say. Just, just thank you for being here. And I appreciate you, Destiny, a lot. Appreciate and you take you. care. Yes, ma'am. Right. Thank you. I truly appreciate Destiny stopping by and dropping some major gems on today's episode. It was so, so good. Because the truth is this, life happens to all of us. Okay, none of us is exempt from um, things that happen to us that we really wasn't expecting or didn't even want to happen. And when those things occur, your confidence can get questionable. It can get shaky. It can feel compromised, right? And we can get in this place of thinking of all the inadequacies about ourselves, thinking that we're not enough and we're just in this loop that can sometimes be difficult to get out of. However, it's reconnecting, right? That's why I named it um, reconnecting because we can all get disconnected um, from our confidence at some point in our lives, but we can always get back connected to it so that we can evolve and move forward. All right. So please make sure that you are following me. My social media handles is Miss Tanya Speaks. That's M-S-T-O-N-Y-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. Also, please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the podcast will drop. Also, this podcast was recorded via video as well. So if you want to check out the full video of Destiny and I in this particular episode, please head over to my YouTube channel. It is there and up and available for you to review. It will be in the show notes as well. And also leave a review. Okay. If you know that this podcast has been very helpful on your journey of healing and personal growth and development, I would love for you to head over to iTunes and leave me a review. And last, but definitely not least share this information. Okay. We share everything else. And if you know someone who is really having difficulty connecting back to their confidence or building up the confidence that they always wanted, then share this, um, information with them. Okay. Let them know that you heard the episode and you thought of them and you thought it would be beneficial for them as well as they grow and as they heal 
in their own journey. All right. Thank you again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and amazing week and I will see you next time. (laughs) 